in Cobo. Doesn't stop. Nope. How do you feel about that? I feel good. See, that's all I'm looking was for. Was that forced? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> My mind was elsewhere for a second. So okay. I, just, I mean, I just uh, tried. I tried. Are you Are you having a good evening? Yeah. Good. Um, well, we have an incredible guest. Yes. In the building, in the spaceship. Uh, this is someone. I'll, I'll tell you. Now, so, for you know, first of all, um, our guest is a, an incredible visual artist. I was thinking about. Uh, I was thinking about what you inherit, and how I read some of your work, of which I am a, a giant fan. Um, in this city, I think you are an inheritor of the tradition of the Afri Cobra movement in, 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 in Chicago because I feel like you are also very community-minded, uh, that, that, this, that this man's work uh, is telling a story about a city in a particular moment. And you are concerned with people from the community also being able to read and participate in that story, which reminds me of the Afri Cobra painters and the collective. I also think that you are an inheritor of uh, the black surrealism of Basquiat and and particularly, I think, what Basquiat might have been gleaning from uh, the work of the Césaires, meaning like a, a, a marvelous, almost super realism, as Suzanne Césaire would say. And so I'm, I'm very interested in, in the aesthetics and uh, the practice of our guest in the store, corner store tonight, uh, Mr. Nico Washington. Welcome to the corner store, sir. Woo. That was an amazing intro. I had to say that. I don't know how I could top that. Well, you're, <laughs> you're, words. This, this is your work. Okay. Um, and But before we begin, and, and thank you for being with us t- tonight, uh, Max, our snack tour, has uh, gotten you some snacks um, fresh out the corner store. Uh, so we have some gifts for you tonight. We have, first of all, to begin with, we have, of course, uh, you know, Cheetos Crunchy Cheddar Jalapenos uh, Cheetos. I don't okay. know. I missed fuck that up. But there you go. I hope you uh, enjoy those. We also, I mean, I think you could share these. This is the biggest bag of uh, peanut butter M and M's I've ever seen. Uh, it's a holiday <laughs> edition. I feel like um, you could. Okay. I, I don't know. That might be a doorstop oh, or. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. Have to Wait a Okay, please do. Yeah. Um, in addition, we, uh, an enriched aloe pomegranate cranberry drink. I think y'all knew that I was fake healthy. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, Nico. You know, we are uh, we are off the uh, one of our you know our sponsor on the corner store is Stolen Spirits, and we are off the Stolen Smoked Rum tonight. How are you enjoying your beverage? I shout out to Stolen Smoked Rum. It's amazing. It's pretty good, right? It's, are you do you have a mixer tonight? Are you are you just drinking it straight? What's your? I don't know. Should we shout out Dr Pepper? We yeah, we can, yeah, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, Dr. I mean, they, yeah. I don't know if they're an aspirational sponsor, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but how how does Dr Pepper mix with the smoked rum? You know, I will say. As a kid, I lo- used to love Dr. Pepper a lot. For real. I stopped drinking all types of pop soda and all that. And it's my first time having it in a while. And I say it makes pretty well. It's pretty good. That's I won't good. go back to where I was in my drinking. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a good step. So. I am I am off the uh, the smoked rum and the Arnold Palmer, which I have to say is oh, a, wow. a delightful Wait, combination. Ar- Arnold, oh, Arnold like Palmer the is a half iced tea, tea, half lemonade. That's fancy. Yeah. That's, right, my that's, right. that's, that's classy. Yeah, that's yeah. my dad. Yo, my dad stays ordering Arnold Palmer's. Mm-hmm. Like he's like doing something big. He's like, oh, I, do you have an Arnold Palmer? Like he's a boss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. But it sounds fancy. It does sound fancy. Also, wasn't it's he like a golfer? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think that mm-hmm. was his yeah, drink of yeah. choice. He's on, the, he's on the, the can. You see him? Hey, yeah, yeah. Oh, he has a club. A little bit. Oh, I don't know. He just looked like some. He looked like he's really pondering something, and I really want to know. He's like, what should I have to drink? Wait, I mean, he made an invention. He made a, his own drink, a lemonade, an iced tea fusion. But like, who took him seriously 
did he back himself? Like these are questions I, I have. To. I just don't understand. <laughs> I, I need some look, our, the next anyway, corner store we're going to investigate the history of the Arnold Palmer <laughs> for now. Research is fair. <laughs> we can do that. Are now they getting that back? <laughs> yeah. Um, for now, Nico, man, thank you for being here. And yeah. uh, to begin with, you know, um, maybe we could just start talking about about where you come from. Okay. Um, I grew up in High Park on Fifty First. Um, High Park is super important to me in my work. I always cite it as something that really is a big influence still to this day, even though I just moved recently to Pilsen. But it was like a melt, a true melting pot of what I think people, when they say melting pot, they don't really know what it's really like. But a High Park really is a melting pot of different cultures and like just styles and, and it has its own unique aesthetic. Or it did before it was being gentrified by the university. Take us back a little because, you know, we have, so I, I think, you know, we have listeners who might not be familiar with Chicago at all. Mm-hmm. And we have listeners certainly, I think, who are young enough who might not even remember a, as you say, pre-gentrified Hyde Park. So oh. take us back to, to, to what you mean by the melting pot. Who was there? What was there? What, what was the vibrancy that was, you know, causing you to take note in the way that you've done Specifically, it was behind my close to my crib. I don't want to give out where I live. True, I live. fair. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a permission wall, meaning that writers, graffiti writers, can come and paint freely without cop intervention. And really, it was like a free fall. You could smoke, drink back there. It was all as young people like myself. I remember Brian from Suramadam used to write. I'm not gonna say what he wrote. And then I remember I, had, I was with Vic. Vic Mensa. We were kids. So we grew up together. We went to the wall because he used to write a little bit. He was in jam. Yeah. And I had some, some mics. I had some fours, cement fours, right? Whew. And y'all complimented it. Like, Brian, too. And he was like, oh, yeah, you fresh. I was like, oh, I bet. So then I knew that I had to keep keep it up. I couldn't just fall off. I couldn't just not be fresh. <laughs> you couldn't show up yeah. at the wall the next and day you know I mean? with, like, some... with, with some, something else. Yeah. I had to keep it up from then. So stuff like that, just seeing that and then. The fly store is there. I don't know if people are familiar with the fly store. Dave Jeff and all that was in Hyde Park. Um, leaders at one point was, you know, in Hyde, in Hyde Park. True, yeah. Um, what else? Just a whole bunch of stuff like Dixie Kitchen, all these restaurants and all, this, all these flavors and all this different stuff. And now it's just being, you know, it's a hotel now. You know, they had a movie theater, but they redid the movie theater. They got a, they got a Whole Foods and now they got Native Foods. And that's what you really know. That's over with. Oh yeah, that whole <laughs> strip is like Brooklyn feeling, yeah. like Williamsburg or some shit. But like, a, but a, almost a strip mall though. Like, yeah, you know, you it's know. a it's like, a the carbon like yeah, corporate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that icon theater. That's like that's like the first layout like that that I that I saw, and I feel like all these architects are, are making the same sort of style place. Like, it looks all looks the same to me. I don't know if I'm just biased. But it does look the same to me. Homogenous. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what, what did what do your folks do? What what did they do? What what brought them to Hyde Park? Are they are they Hyde Parkians? My mom. Well, she went to the Art Institute too, School of Art Institute, and I did as well. She is a artist herself, but as a job, she does she does interior design and she works for a colorado company. Now, my dad, he was. He was a salesman. He worked, you know, for Scholastic and book companies, and was just sold like books to schools and stuff like that. So, so much so to my grandfather. But oh uh, yeah, so but bringing them to Hyde Park, they, 
I grew up there, so I don't know. They was there. They was in California before. They had my sister, but yeah, they grew. They grew from Chicago and grew up on the South Side. <clears throat> both of them. But so they've been in the area for a while, but they moved to High Park and Regents Park. That when it was a new building, I think or newer apartment buildings. And I remember growing up there. I remember the smell of a pool, very specifically. It's really weird. Was your your mom? make you said she, she's an artist yeah and involved in the clothing industry um material design so like um layouts of like let's say if you were, we had an office and you would need someone to design the layout of your, of your office or what furniture to bring in how to how to make it look you know how to make it feel organic walking around she does you know if you want a hair salon she actually it's very very funny my mom designs chances mom's first hair salon she interior designed it back before we were even born oh wow oh. yeah so it's like you know, Southside runs deep. A lot, a lot of people. Yeah, so. yeah for sure. Mm. All right. So and and all right. So coming up in the home, then you there was art around you. Yeah. And, uh, and was that encouraged when you were a shorty? So, I've said. I think I've said this before. I've said this before. I told her recently that she did a mural of Space Jam on my wall when I was a kid, and it was it looked exactly like one of the animators drew it. It was perfect. That's right? lit. Big on the <laughs> wall yeah. as a kid. So then I would um I would look at it and I would try to draw it as a kid. Right? At night Wally Coyote scared me mm. and I would turn the other way. But like, in the morning I would I would really be excited about it and would try to draw it. And I would just watch her draw and sketch. And I remember watching her do the mirror anyway. So I think I just learned how to, I never was never taught how to draw or paint or anything like that. I just watched people do it, watch my mom. She encouraged you? Yeah. She would always put me like she, I remember she framed a drawing. I was like a, like a watercolor finger paint thing. It's still on the wall in the crib right now. Your joint, my joint, yeah. And like in fifth grade, our class went to this etching studio, and I did a drawing, and she framed that. And everybody was like, "And the school was like, oh, this is really good." Blah blah. She keep doing it. My friends are like, "Can I curse on this?" Yeah, of course. My dumbass friends would break their arm, and I would just draw on that cast, and they they would go home. Say, "Who did this?" And like, "Oh, Nico did this." And like, "Oh, this is actually good." So then, like, I was always encouraged to do art. And I knew I wasn't going to a university and nothing like that. If I did, I would have instantly failed out or just not went. Wait, why do you say that? Because I I never tried. Like, I I did just enough to not get in trouble. Like, I didn't, I, you know, I never, like, failed and had, like, D's, F's, and like that. I did C, B's just so I wouldn't get in trouble. Just did enough <laughs> homework. Bye. Just did enough on the test. To slide by, yeah. So I never, I never was interested in in higher academics or anything like that. That doesn't mean I don't like to study and learn. Like I still read and you know look at documentaries all the time and like try to expand my knowledge on a multitude of different stuff. But in school, academic wise, I never was interested in that, or just felt the need to to pursue that for nothing. I realized that you just have to pay to to not be guaranteed a job. Wait, you said you went to the school of the Art Institute. Mm-hmm. Which is, honestly, not, shout out to the Art Institute, but kind of did the same thing in the long run. Right. You paid for potential. To, you paid to be an artist, which, you know, honestly, you're not guaranteed nothing. You, the thing about it, though, I like the Art Institute. I, there's this bad, there's, you know, pros and cons to everything. What I enjoyed about it was they really pursued you conceptually with your art, not the business side. Yeah, which you know Columbia does, which is good. It helps people, you know, grow as an artist in the real world and like make you grow as a business person and a marketing person. Blah blah. The artist who really pursued you to do, go deep into your work and not how to do anything, but what you can do 
what else you can do with the art like what where you could go with it well yeah, they're bef- really serious about like the conceptual side mm-hmm. rather. before we before we get to that is it is it cool if we talk a little more about you in Hyde Park because Hyde Park is also as we've explored on this show through some of our guests a bit of a a, a hip hop mecca as well, yeah. and it sounds like you were certainly in the uh, the crux of mm-hmm. some of that culture. Um, where, where did you end up? Where, where were you in high school? I see. I actually didn't go to Kenwood. I went to Win Young. Okay, but my right. sister went to Kenwood. So I mean, and I, I live on on Fifty First. So right. Kenwood's down over there. I had to walk by yeah. to get to the bus every day. Right, and I had plenty of homies who went to Kenwood. So yeah, but you're right. It is a hip hop mecca. It's just a mecca in general. Like there are people who from High Park love High Park and love. Talking about Hyde Park, we called it the P. I know, I know people still call it the P, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, well, and that's where you know the point is where yeah. uh, B Boyne in the '90s mm-hmm. survived in Chicago in in a lot of ways, and um, you know I remember like uh, you know there were because uh, Lavi Raven used to teach at Kenwood. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would have uh, after school b boy sessions, and there would just be a lot of the the culture seemed to be gravitating toward Hyde Park. And it's you, you mentioned Vic and others, I imagine, who were in you know your crew at the time because you, you're you're, you're um, I forget who was telling us this, but uh, you you're a part of Save Money. Yeah, I mean Joey, mm-hmm. Joey, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was from the from the beginning, I remember when we literally walked from school. And made the handshake and made the sign. Like it, it started. It wasn't always called Save Money, but I just grew, we've grown up together for years. Like I know Vic since I was five, Sterling since I was five, Joey since I was thirteen, Kami since I was fifteen, Fresco fifteen. Like it's this is like ten years. Like we've known more Vic twenty years, Sterling twenty years, which is insane. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Chance I know for like since I was what. Eleven. So you say you remember walking to school and making the handshake and the sign. We walked from school. We walked to a restaurant called Ellis Corner, right? So it's a lot of different scenarios of how this shit really got started. But I remember vividly. It was me, Reese, Joey, Vic, and some. Some I forgot his name. I think it was Anthony. It was his freshman. We were fourteen, right? And before we was called something else, and then we was we was doing that. And I remember. Made the sign. I think the next day we used to do extracurricular things, you know, that we won't mention. And one one day somebody came back after stealing something, and I think Reese was like, "Save money, like you save money on man, something like that." It was funny. It was just laughed at, it and it stuck. But that's it. Literally, I remember that, and I remember. Yeah, we, we've known each other for a long time. Put it like put it like that. Right. And yeah, I am in save money. Now you're Definitely. like the. I don't know. I read the description for your upcoming show, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. But it says you're the artistic director of yeah. Save Money. I mean, they people have given me that 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 uh, that title because I've done so much artwork and work and this conceptual work and art direction f- for my homies. But there is no artistic director of Save Money because we're right. all artists individually, and we all have our own different aesthetic. I help that, you know, sometimes when they when they need my help when they need mm-hmm. assistance. But they. Like they're all individual artists, and we all work together. And like, the, I don't want to be called the creative director or artistic director of any, you know. Right, right. <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a very like you know, people like putting people in a box. So yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's it's love though. It's, it's you know, it's not like a negative thing. So I don't, I'm never gonna gonna denounce it. But like Tokyo is a good example. He's an artist himself. He 
Literally, he called. He faced me the other day. He got a wake up tablet. He's trying to figure out how to use it. Like he's, he's sitting there, like drawing all the time, and he's very hands on with his um, art direction. Joey as well, Vic as well, you know, Kami as well. But we, I mean, that's my roommate, so he work all the time and stuff. So true. Well, you were saying that your mom uh, painted the Space Jam on your wall, and you're mm-hmm. trying to imitate it, and that's kind of like very realistic, I guess, portrayal of because your work seems more free form, or I don't know. I'm not. I don't know words to describe. Yeah, well, it it isn't a, a, a like kind abstract. of realism. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it certainly is. I mean, and I guess maybe that is the question in part is like, in part, like, what are some of those influences right, yeah. that begin to kind of break? Because uh, also in Chicago, there is a allegiance to a kind of realism. And you are, as I said in the intro, like, yeah. you are like delving into realism. an abstract, to a yeah. super real, to a surreal um, so I guess what are some of those early influences in your in your process? Early influences. I mean, again, I'm a designer too. So when you say it is abstract, is it is abstract? But it's I would never completely leave realism or surrealism or whatever because of how clean my design work is. Right. But I even have tr- trouble going completely abstract sometimes. You know, there's a, even the pieces where it might have text will be completely abstract, but there's something that's like that locks it in. And there are some clean lines and there's some notion of, of reality in it besides just com- complete expression, right? But um, you said early influences. I mean, obviously, every young black painter growing up, you're first introduced to Basquiat. Right. right? You you see him, you're like, you're the coolest motherfucker ever. The black painter, wealthy, successful, with Andy Warhol. I really like Andy Warhol too. It's kind of weird. Nobody really says that because Andy Warhol is like somebody. Yeah, I no, I fuck with Warhol though. Yeah, right? like, no, no, I fuck with Warhol. People though. think yeah. he's like Banksy. You don't want to say, oh, I like Banksy. He's like, oh, who cares? Everybody likes Banksy. Right. You know? But Andy Warhol was beyond the shit that people really saw was a, a fucking genius. And he was like right. the first person in all this fifteen minutes of fame shit. He called it. And he was like one of the first people to do that, right? But anyway, other influences are like Glenn Ligon's uh, oh, black yeah. artist. Oh, yeah. yeah, amazing. I used to really be into um place with light and neon yeah, and text mm-hmm. and yeah. I was really into Rauschenberg as a kid. Yo. I could see that. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So and I would always like I remember my uncle, he asked I told him that one day. He was like, Man, you naming white painters, what are black painters? I was like, I bet. So I started looking and I found actually Carrie James Marks, I didn't know his work until April twenty third, twenty sixteen, which I found funny, I found the ticket. Of the show and this year and yeah. Kahari, so Kahari he took me there, and I was like, it was crazy. Cause we were both before I met him. I was doing figures with black and you know and blue skin tones, and it was like I never knew about his work, right? and it was crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is one of the crimes of art education. Yeah, that nobody talks about him. Yo, nobody. I went to art institute. He's from Chicago. No, I didn't. Nobody showed me a, a piece. Nothing. That's what I'm saying, though. And I knew how, I how is it. that possible? I mean, it's possible because, like, the, you know, just like the, he's not in the in the museum. Yeah, they talk about the people who. In, who I mean, that's just about to change. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, they probably got them downstairs. I mean, you, well, like, they had. You know, it's yeah. interesting when the, I don't know if you remember when the Modern Wing opened. Yeah, they had a Carrie James like, Marshall it, room mm-hmm. with his paintings, The Kiss. It was all in this little last room, and they took that shit down. Yeah, but here's the thing. These museums control the narrative and control what people see and what people know, and they control where art's going to go because yeah. what they show. That's right. Right? That's so, right. our kids looking for inspiration, all the artists in the art institute go to the museum for inspiration, right? His ass is in the basement. They have every, they, you know, there's no telling what they have in the basement. 
because I know because in the collection, yeah, the collection, whatever, because yeah. they show you you can get a private tour and they oh, pu- you can? and they pull out Warhols that nobody's seen before. They pull out oh, all okay. the shit that nobody's seen. So it's like I was having a conversation. I think it, it was with Pia from Good Detail. It was in the summertime with Brandon yeah. Bro too. Shout out Pia. Mm, shout Pia. out Pia. Yeah. And we were talking about you know I normally would never. I used to not like to do interviews or, or talk about my work. Because I like for it to for people to get their own expression from it and get their own conclusion of what I was trying to say. It's very annoying. Like in, in a museum, we have a cue card. What the fuck the part artist is talking uh, about? Why you even look at it? I'm, I want you to tell me what you see, and maybe we could talk about it. Maybe some similarities, or maybe you show me something that I didn't know, and then I learn. Right. But beyond that, it's like you have to talk about it because once you're once you're dead, once somebody else has your work, it's somebody's collection. They're controlling your narrative, what they saw, what they what they who you, what they remembered it as, and what you told them. The le- you know, legend goes legs, right? And you, it's gets turned into something else. Mm-hmm. So you have to talk about your work now, and control that narrative. And so when they put you in the basement, and they show it again, you should have cemented what you were really talking about. Mm. So th- your education at the Art Institute, um, I wonder how many black painters you were exposed to there let's talk about it well, let's talk about it. i was i mean and this is not this is me not, not i actually really rock with the artists too but it's just like because for a creator it's actually yeah. like a pretty good deal once you get past the high price tag yeah. but the space they allow the access the yeah it's it amazing and yeah. it's an incubator of of actual conceptuality and art yeah right but i and just in general just in diversity i was one of the only black painters there in my painting class, it was only two other people that I would see. Other, you know, obviously there's more black people painting, but in the classes that I had, I'm one of the only ones. I remember I did a paint, painting by Fred Hampton. Did a whole series about Fred Hampton for my freshman year. I was I transferred, so I was like 20 years old, and I never forget. A woman said, "What are the Black Panthers in the class?" I'm like, "Yeah." All right. <laughs> Huh. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a very Euro. I went there too. It's very Eurocentric. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that just made me know and realize that. I mean, and I get them. I don't get them. I mean, I mean, I can see how somebody would like, even for people who don't know what that is, they're like, "Well, I don't want to approach any views that they may seem controversial." But they have to show that. You have to show what's really going on, because again, not to cut, not to even go on a tangent. My first show. Which I'll probably, we'll probably get to. Yeah, which is where? Um, Yolanda's Gallery. Shout out Yolanda. Yeah, okay. Wow, um, that's your first show. First show, first solo show ever. And then... Um, which was brilliant. This, this was a brilliant show. Um, yeah. And you were dealing with topics of white supremacy, police mm-hmm. brutality, gentrification. So these topics came from when I was in school, right? It was a time when Michael Brown was killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? Yeah. And it was all over the news. All I would see when I would leave was you know Dan Wilson, Michael Brown. I would see him. They try to monster, make him a monster. They try to you know demonize his blackness every day. Right? I would go home. My parent, my mom would talk about. it. My dad was still around. We would talk about it. Right? People around me would talk about it. But I went to school. Nobody said a word about it. There was nothing. No, none of the teachers. That's wild. It wasn't a TV. It wasn't even the students. Right? So I'm like, damn. If I don't talk about this. In the work, I don't know how, one how I'm gonna get it out. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a rapper. I don't write. I, I literally, I wish I was better at writing. I hate writing. I feel like I'm bad at it. 
So I hire someone to get it out, right? I make work about it. So me making work forced people to talk about it. I realized that from the foreign exchange students, not foreign exchange, foreign students, right? People from China, people from, um, you know, South America, wherever. They would talk about their issues in their country because we wouldn't know about it over here because if you know, unless they talked about it. So I'm like, okay, we're in America. Nobody's talking about this here, so I'm going to talk about it. Me being the only black person, I'm going to make you uncomfortable, right? So even if not, you shouldn't even be uncomfortable. They no, won't even, this, this is just the news. This is what's exactly, happening and in the country. And I realized country. they weren't uncomfortable. Uh-huh. They just like weren't knowledgeable knowledgeable or, or just exposed to it yeah they can easily walk by and click it off they don't have a right uh any empathy towards it because it's not them it's not they don't see themselves getting killed so it's easy to look past it right so i'm like all right bet i'm gonna make work about it then it turned into a whole thing it turned to a whole series about cops me printing out actual targets from the police website from speedball crumbling them up right on ripping them up you know doing all this stuff and just it's turning into a thing and I just, you know, when it came time to do a show, that's just what it was about. Then it was right when Trump got elected. It was like, right. it was. You were, still, you were still in school? Oh, it was when he first announced he was going to be oh, president. Okay. It wasn't, he, he didn't get elected yet. 2015. He, yeah. Wait, was he elected? I think he was. Yeah, because I think this, this show is 2016. No, yeah, he got elected. It was 2016. Yeah. My show. Right. He had been elected. Yeah. But I remember doing a piece about Trump in school. Somebody stole it from the school. Damn. So I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Somebody sitting on a stolen Nico Washington painting. I don't know. You know, I don't even want to speculate about it. I looked at it like, okay, I'm taking it as a compliment. Or somebody was that mad about it. They might have been a Trump supporter. That's even better. They go to SAIC and they're mad. they're mad about it. Mad. I know. I, yeah. That sounds wild. You could be mad. I mean, you could be <laughs> mad. I just can't imagine somebody who likes Trump going to SAIC. But I didn't sign it. Okay. Ah. Oh, wow. But I made another one. It was better. But also... You, People were mad about, before Kanye was a Trump supporter. Before he, you have a reason to be mad at him, they were mad that he was getting a doctor, getting an honorary degree. Oh right! They were putting out his song lyrics on the on the. Oh, I remember the, that. You know, yeah. you know. So I can yeah. see how a person would be mad. These people true. come for money. Yeah, and come, people yeah. come for money. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, Related to Trump. So. Yeah, yeah. Just because yeah. you're an artist doesn't mean your politics are. I know. Shit, I guess. You know I, mean? I guess yeah. you know. You just yeah. kind of think you're like liberal. they're yeah. all. Yeah, of course. I know. They're all like got purple hair and are progressive and shit. Right. Exactly. Most these artists are self-centered. Most these people make work solely about their own creation and about them. Well, you know, nobody else, right? Yeah. So it's easy to be so you know to not care. Yeah. Well, so so Tar mentioned so you have a you have a solo show coming up. Mm-hmm. So l- let's talk about what 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 is the content of this body of work. This content is about gentrification again, but it's kind of a flip, an ironic thing. So it's called Fifty Three to Infinity because I grew up on Fifty First, but I used to hang out on Fifty Third all the time. Of course, because it was a strip. Yeah, it's yeah. a strip. Yeah. Right. To Infinity, obviously ninety three to Infinity, but it's like forever. No matter what they do to it, I remember what it was. We remember what it, what it really was, right? And then it's funny that I'm doing it at the University of Chicago, and they're the ones buying up the property and making oh, it change. So when when is the show? Uh, January 11th. Okay. And, oh, yeah. And where is it? At the University of Chicago Logan Center Cafe. Wait, so yeah. I'm sorry. 53rd is like that strip with... Where the silver room's at, and um, yeah, yeah, where yeah, leaders used to be Mm -hmm. off the strip Mm -hmm. a little, and but the flip is also now I've moved to Pilsen, so I am a black gentrifier that people don't talk about. That's another coin. Like I technically am gentrifying another neighborhood. I may not be bringing more wealth to it because I'm a black man. They don't care. Like that's not gonna make a neighborhood appreciate ever in life. 
right. saying out black people with dreads and the neighbors like, oh let's move in <laughs> yeah you know yeah. <laughs> so but still technically this is, i lived in i live in a, a recently made apartment that maybe people from the neighborhood don't like or can't couldn't afford to let it because right yeah. raise it up it's not crazy i'm not you know obviously i'm not rich <laughs> but but still you know what i mean people who had lived there for 10 years might be like you're paying that much a person Right. So it's like, you know, I, you know. Why, why why move to Pilsen? I moved to Pilsen because I look at Pilsen similar to High Park, a neighborhood who's been doing this thing for a minute, who's going through the same gentrifications, but they have their own culture. They have their own style. You look at you look at High Park, you look at Pilsen, and it looks like that. You know, there's a look. You Like, you know you're in Pilsen. I knew I was in High Park for a while. You know, I came into it. It doesn't look like South Shore. You know, it doesn't so look do like. So you not feel like Kenwood. you're in Hyde Park when you're there? I do, cause I, I do, cause it's, yeah, but don't. Like, if I haven't hadn't been there for ten years, I might be like, damn, this looks, this is crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's still spots like Nathan's that's been around, like you know the Harrows, like stuff, like stuff that's still there, but around it, like they took it off. What's that place? High Park Girl, man. Shout out to High Park Girl. They took it down to put up a weak ass wings, but wing place with some terrible food. Yeah. Called wingers. And it's not even about wings, it's about burgers and shit. <laughs> High Park girls might have been a little greasy, but they were holding it down for years. <laughs> and they had good mild sauce. Hey, so shout out to that, them. That's very essential. The gyro spot, they had mild sauce? Oh, yeah. Every, oh. Everybody got mild sauce. Yeah, every, yeah. yeah. Or you should have mild sauce. I mean, <laughs> you respectfully. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want business, even, even though they went out of business. I right. don't know. If, hey, who knows? All right. So. <laughs> So, so this solo show. What is the name of it? Fifty three to infinity. Fifty three mm-hmm. to infinity. Um, January eleventh at, at the uh, Logan Arts Center Cafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be up for how long? Till March. Oh wow, great. Yeah. Okay, so people go to see it. That's a free exhibition. People mm-hmm. go free. in, check Walk it out, in, check it out. Um, oh, that's a long time. Yeah. Now, in the meantime, of course, so that body work I imagine is oh, damn near done, if not. Oof. Uh, most of oh, it's done. Okay. You know, I left right. the studio. Okay. Today. Yeah. You know. Your studio your, is your studio in your apartment, or do you have? Because I remember we we did have mm-hmm. a conversation yeah. about you looking for studio a studio space. You, yeah, you help you send me to Canes, right? Yeah, but um, I I got found a spot in the Fine Arts Building on Van Buren, Michigan. Oh wow, bet that's a I beautiful bet. building. Yeah, been there for two years after the show. After you know, so I got it right after we talked. Did most of the work for Bassy Well in that studio. Nice, and then went, and I still been there. I, I now have to, I have a studio mate, Armani Howard, also another amazing artist. Shout out to him, but we. I think we outgrew it. We're okay. outgrowing it now. Okay. We need to look for so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's exciting too, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to outgrow the space that yeah. you're in. And so, um, do you? What do you? What do you? How do you? Day to how? What is your process? Are you day to day in the studio, or you do you do bursts? How does how does it work? Yeah. So there's times where I'm like compelled. I have to go to the studio. I'm like I'm. I go home. I leave it. I'm thinking about the piece. I'm looking at it. I'm in a picture. I'm like laying in bed thinking about, oh, I should have done this. So I can do this next time. Let me write it down or remember it or go faster so I don't forget it. And there's times where I need a break, right? Well, there's times when I'm doing design work, when I'm just focusing on that, I'm focusing on brown, or I'm focusing on like things where I like to, I get engulfed in my work a lot and things that I'm doing. So I take, I do it like that because I don't want to spread out too thin and then be lacking in areas where I could have been focusing, right? So. Not the one takes a back burner because I always do both, you know. But um, first is what I would say. True, true. And you yeah. said you, you you do design work as well. Yeah. So I'm a as a profession, 
if I didn't paint, I'd be a graphic designer okay. or art director. So I used to work at a Voss for like four months doing art direction with Jason, Jason Peterson, and you know Gray Weinstein, people like that. Working with Nella was real fun. It was cool, and um, I would just do side, yeah, side jobs. Like that's where the artistic director of Save Money comes from. Like I learned how to do that with them, and people would hit me up to do their stuff, and then I would, you know, build a business through there. You still take those gigs? Nah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, people ask me if it, if it's like something that really piques my interest and I'll do it. But I, I like to send it to my homies, like other artists so I know who want to do design work or like get their name out there or something like that, you know? So, because I can't do everything and I realize like, again, I'd rather, I don't want to waste somebody's time when somebody hit me up and I tell them like, you know, it's going to be a minute and then they're just waiting on me to do it. That's not right. If you want to, if you have a time, you have a schedule, you have a rollout, you need somebody who's going to be there to do all that, right? And if I can't do it, I'll let them know. Yeah. So recently I couldn't, be, I can't do it so, you know, I'll recommend them to somebody, multiple people I know who so do our work. You're able to make a living just off painting right now? For a while. I didn't have a job for two years, since 2016. And I just got a the freelance in Havas because I'm not going to turn down. And you, shout out to Malcolm London. He was hey, like, yeah, you want to yeah, work? Yeah, yeah. Havas. So I was like, that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've been doing that, working on a side project that's going to really, that's going to be come out in January 7th. I'm not going to, I don't know if I'm like, can't talk about it now right true but it'll come out what i've been doing well it'll this will drop after then so you could mention it okay or not yeah, yeah. yeah that's fine totally fair <laughs> i want to talk about brown because i really like the line and yeah do you have to which is which for those that don't know it's a clothing right yeah design line but what was this your intention behind that my intention with brown i mean i used to i worked for I, I used to work with people, like you know, people hit me up and I would do design for their brands. I would I would make merch for, plenty of merch for artists, whole bunch of merch. Right, I would do clothes. And at the end of the day, it wasn't my final call of what is being produced. Right, because at the end of the day, it's for, I'm making design for somebody else. Right. So Brown came from, what if I got the final say at the end of the day? What if I got to make a shirt? What if I got to make a hoodie? For fun, I didn't, you know, literally it was after, with the show. I'm like, bet we could, we could, just, I can just drop this then. I was, I've been thinking about it, and the name comes from two things. One, I, I remember I had like a, I want to call it a shit brown shirt now, right? Polo shirt, high school. Yeah, oh, it's a shit brown shirt. <laughs> yeah, this is brown. You know what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So like, when you think about it, brown was never like glorified in fashion, right? And then, and even more, brown people and brown, you know. Black people, brown people, my, our skin is black, or it's brown color. Brown people also is a more outreaching thing. And it's not just for, you know, it's for everybody. But it's like, if you celebrate brown people, if you like black people, if you like brown culture, you like, you know, all different types of people, you can wear brown. If you don't like those people, that people that's not, not for, for you. you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, like, and that's why I like it, because it's inclusive yeah. of anybody who's melanated. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Kevin. Um <laughs> <laughs> It's totally fine. <laughs> no, but it's not even that. It's like it's, it's literally like if you if you are a person <laughs> fine, who likes culture, me? yeah, I, I support Nico a lot. Um, oh damn! No, Tar. Of course, I support you. <laughs> you already know, fam. Damn. Um, all right. Well, so where can people find you, and where can people find uh, your work on on the internet? They can find on the interwebs. They can find me on NicoWashington.com is my website. Nico.Washington is my Instagram. 
Really, you type in my name, you gonna find me. But Twitter, same thing. Yeah, I made it two all K's. two K's. Yeah. Not KKO, no NICO, not one K. Shout out to Nico with one K, Nico Nico Tuna from Hidden Characters. You know, <laughs> I said I'm Nico holding it down. And where 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 can people find uh, info or uh, about the clothing company? Brown Brown dot US B R W N dot US. I think I took I took the website down because I kind of wanted people to. to buy it in person so i did a pop-up by fat tiger and it went really well and i like the fact that people have to pull up and buy it are you gonna sell at your show no i I took a break from it so i can do something like really crazy i'm working on like a, a film with it oh so right. like as like a lookbook type film short film deal with andre muir hey andre hey so. well that's that's dope man we, yeah. we we're very excited for the solo show at the logan arts on january 11th and uh, certainly, you know, are, are big fans of what you continue to provide the city in terms of a, of a kind of mirror, um, you know, for, for here and beyond, of course. So thank you so much for being with us tonight, man. I really appreciate you. No problem. Thank you. Can I say one more thing? Of course, yeah. bro. You said you mentioned Afri-Cope, right? Yeah. My, fr- my roommate, Kahari, would always say you should talk to them because you remind me so much of them. And I never, I didn't know about them until yeah. this year. Well, a couple but, months ago, and that's that is the the horror of the education public system. education system, and particularly the racism of the way we teach art in this country. Yeah, and I think the tragedy of being a Chicagoan is that we don't know about the illish shit that we have, the 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 legacies we partake in, knowingly or unknowingly. And uh, yeah, that 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 would be an incredible collab, actually, because yeah. a lot of those folks are still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there's not a regular Afri Cobra room that in the city we could step into permanently. Yeah, I would love um, to do something. Yeah. yeah, well, we should we should talk about that too. Still, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be dope. Well, again, man, appreciate you. Salutes to you, and and definitely look forward to uh, all the work to come. Thank you. Thank you. Yo, we want to thank DJ Exist for the beat. Langston Olsen for the art. Big ups, Todd Manley at WGN Radio. And Max and Dami, the corner store interns. Salutes to our super producer, DJ Cash Era. You can keep in tune with the corner store at cornerstore underscore pod on Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud. Also, you can stream and download the corner store wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate and subscribe and comment on iTunes. Please, y'all, consider giving us those five stars. Thank you for listening. We're going to see you next week. The Corner Store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.